When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to episode 78 of the Talking Friars podcast. Ben Fadden here uh, on a Friday night. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, I really appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate it because there isn't a ton of baseball to talk about right now uh, because of the lockout, you know, usually the off season is for, you know, these, all of these big moves and free agency and trades and what the Padres might do and conversations that AJ Preller is having with agents of players and all that. Um, and while that happened uh, leading up to this lockout, that can't happen anymore because the players in the league have not come to an agreement on the new collective bargaining agreement, AKA CBA. Uh, and so the players are locked out from the league. That started at 12.01 uh, on December 2nd, so yesterday. Uh, so the players are locked out, and they've literally had to – MLB has taken player likeness uh, images off of their sites, off of MLB Network, so they cannot show highlights of Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a home run. They cannot uh, show the headshots of – play any player on the Padres roster or any player on any major league 40 man roster uh, on like, if you look up the roster on MLB.com, it'll just be silhouettes. There's no face to it uh, because the players it's just part of the law. They literally cannot uh, show the player's name, image or likeness. So MLB network uh, has been talking a lot about teams payrolls uh, and just talking about, what things could resolve the issue. Uh, but it's going to be hard for those people. It's 
the, it's going to be hard for MLB.com. It's going to be hard for me and others to be talking about baseball and stuff because there's literally nothing to be talked about. I can talk about players and stuff because I'm not affiliated with uh, Major League Baseball. So I can do that still, and maybe that we could still, you know, do that. I am working on uh, some interviews, so stay tuned for that with some former players uh, and some other big-time guys as well. So stay tuned for that this offseason. But I did this episode, I wanted to talk about some news that came down today regarding the Padres coaching staff and then explain so everyone knows why the players are in a lockout, why Major League Baseball hasn't come to an agreement with the players, and why it's probably going to be a while until that agreement happens. Uh, So that's the episode today. So first off, Dennis Lynn reported uh, via Twitter today that the Padres plan to hire Ryan Christensen as their new bench coach on Bob Melvin's staff. Christensen spent 16 years in the A's organization, past four seasons as Bob Melvin's bench coach when they were with Oakland before Bob Melvin took the San Diego job as the A's are rebuilding and slashing payroll. The Padres, according to Dennis Lynn, are expected to announce the full coaching staff next week. That staff already includes Ruben Niebla as the pitching coach. Melvin, obviously, is the manager. Uh, Michael Bedard is the hitting coach. And recently, Francisco Cervelli, like we talked about on the last episode, as the coaching, as the catching coach, excuse me, uh, replacing uh, Rod Barajas. Niebla is obviously replacing Ben Fritz, who is the intern pitching coach for Larry Rothschild, who got fired by Jace Tingler, who doesn't have a job with the Potters anymore. He's now with the Twins as the bench coach. So if you could follow all that, that's pretty much the latest update for the Padres uh, bench coach-wise, coaching staff-wise. Um, so I know there's probably going to be people with reactions, you know, do you like this hire? Do you not like this hire? Ryan Christensen is the bench coach. Uh, I mean, you can't really say that you like it or don't like it frankly, if you're being honest uh, and, you know, real with your audience, because guess what? We don't really know who this guy is. You don't know who the Oakland A's bench, you don't know everything about the Oakland A's bench coach. Now, what I can say about it is that I think Bob Melvin obviously has confidence in Ryan Christensen. They've had a four-year relationship, and now it's going to continue to at least five years starting in 2022. So, you could say that that relationship, the bench coach manager relationship, it should go pretty flawless. Uh, obviously, you got to know a new organization, new players, and communicate with them and build a report with them. But in terms of the, their communication and how they go about things in games, there is literally not going to be any learning process. I put that in air quotes, learning process for uh, Christensen and Melvin together because they've been doing it for four years already. So. That's that's kind of my takeaway from the bench coach hiring. Um, so I think it's it's good news, right? It's good news uh, that you know that relationship isn't going to really have to have any learning curves to it. Um, and so that's that. So now the lockout information. That's kind of the other main uh, thing about this situation. Uh, obviously. The lockout players in the league, it happened 12.01 December 2nd. Uh, You saw a flurry of moves uh, happen, you know, with a bunch of big-name guys for the most part. There was a couple of trades in there with Jacob Stallings to the uh, Marlins and 30 minutes before the deadline, old Padre uh, Hunter Renfro going to the Brewers 
uh, for JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., who's been terrible. Uh, he's one of the worst offensive players in the league, and he had a big contract. They trade him back to Boston where he won a World Series, and then Boston uh, gets two of their top 30 prospects. Um, so a couple of trades have happened. Big-name guys have um, signed. Uh, Max Scherzer, obviously, three years, $130 million, broke the AAV record with the Mets. Robbie Ray went to the Mariners. Marcus Semien went to the Rangers. Corey Seager went to the Rangers. People are saying that the Rangers in middle infield is the best in baseball now, which, I mean, you could obviously say, I mean, a big part of that is because of Marcus Semien, right? Marcus Semien, uh, he nearly won MVP last year. He had a seven war. So I understand where they're coming from with that, but I disagree. I'm biased, but I still say it's Jake Cronenworth and Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis arguably should have won the MVP, and Jake Cronenworth was an all-star. Both of those guys are all-stars. Corey Seager was not an all-star last year. Uh, so I don't really get that. But anyway, people are going it, to, it's people like that, you know, recency bias. So, um, but as for the lockout, why I did want to explain why the players haven't agreed with the league, why they're mad and why the league is mad. Uh, they're going to say in public and I'll bring, I'll share my screen uh, and bring up the statements of both the players and the league. And I'll read them. You can follow along with the statement and I'll read it for the podcast audience. But why the players are mad, they want to be paid. Uh, it's a it's about money. Don't believe when players or the league say that it's about competitiveness. And while that is the case, that's all revolved around what money. Right. They want more competitiveness, a salary floor, maybe the players want or something. Uh, well, guess what happens with that? It's competitiveness. But what? How does that competitiveness happen? By money, you know, increased payrolls, money. Uh, so it's all revolved around money. It's millionaires and billionaires fighting about money. It's a terrible look. Even those that are making like the minimum major league salary, they're still making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands more than the average American working their job. So it's, a, it's still a bad look. It's about money. It's about money. It's about money. Uh, the players are mad. They want to be paid at a younger age because when they're younger, they're usually in their prime years uh, and they their production is better, which garners a higher salary. Um, so they want five years on their rookie deal before they can hit free agency or to the age of 29 and a half uh, before or if that happens before the five years. And that's when they hit free agency. Um, and then. They want only two years before arbitration instead of three. Why do they want this? It goes with the, they want the younger players to be paid better in their prime years. Uh, guys that are 29 and a half, that would also, if, you know, if they go with the being 29 and a half, which there's a reason for that. They want, why 29 and a half, Ben? That's such a weird number. Yeah, but it's because now when you're over 30 years old, all of a sudden, like front offices, like think different of you because they they associate that number now, probably analytics and stuff and numbers that once you're above 30, your production goes down. And so they start paying you less and less and less. Um, and I guess they're right about that. You know, you see big contracts, <clears throat> Eric Hosmer, uh, that. When they get older and older and older, their production goes down. Uh, Albert Pujols' contract is 
turned out to be one of the worst contracts in Major League history for the Angels. It looked great when it happened, uh, but he was already older, and then they had to pretty much release him uh, because they wanted a younger player, Jared Walsh, to play first base. Pujols just wasn't playing enough. He has no speed anymore. He's just old. The power is not as great as it used to be. And so these contracts, when players, it just shows when players are older, their production just goes down. And so front offices don't want to pay that anymore. So that's why they want, if they want players to be uh, in their rookie contracts before hitting for agency for five years instead of six years, or be 29 and a half years old, and then they're a free agent, whichever happens first, the five years or the 29 and a half. Now, I, I understand where the players are coming from, and you could maybe find middle ground with the league if you still did the six years instead of five, but you put, but the league agrees to do arbitration after two years. Now, I, if I was the commissioner, that would be my approach to kind of be, come to a middle ground. I'm not giving them both. I'm not giving them five years and the arbitration. It's one or the other because small market teams do kind of struggle. Uh, if they do have a lot of core talent and they're all like the Cubs, for example, they're all hitting free agency at the same time. It's hard to, you know, control them and bring them back. The Cubs didn't bring any of their big three Baez, Bryant, Rizzo back. Now they got a World Series out of it. So good for them, but they couldn't bring them back. Uh, they just wanted to kind of rebuild and they didn't think that was a great situation to sign all of them to big money when they are getting older. Um, so that's an example of that. Um, now, I would do the two years before arbitration because two years, yeah, before arbitration instead of three, because I do agree that players should be paid what they're worth. If you're a cleanup guy, you should be worth probably the five hundred thousand dollars, right? Five hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, whatever the minimum is. If you're Fernando Tatis Jr. in your second year. After and in your third year, you should be paid twenty million a year because that's at least right because that's what you earn. They should go to in arbitration after two years. The players should be paid. I think by FanGraphs or Baseball References WAR. There's a number at the end of the year that comes up how many wins they they were worth, and you can go into that off season, and it should be, in my opinion, it should be on a year by year basis. It should be. You're three, four, five, six. It should be all based on war. So there's no, usually in arbitration, you get paid this number the first year and it goes up all the way till free agency. I don't think that should be the case. I think it should be a war-based system. If you're contributing, if you're contributing at a high level, you get paid more. And if you're not, if you're contributing at a high level, you get paid more. If the next year you drop down, your salary drops down. I don't understand why that's such a big deal. Players. You know, they deserve the money that they do. They deserve the money, but they deserve the money based on how they play on the field. That's just my opinion. Eric Hosmer, that's a free agent contract. That's a totally different thing. But players, you know, that are making close to the minimum salary uh, and they're stars, that they should be paid more because they're stars. They're really, they're helping their team win. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. I think that's where you could have the, uh, you know, kind of compromise there. Uh, but the, the moving to the league, 
the owners in Major League Baseball doesn't want the five years uh, before free agency instead of six and bring arbitration in two years uh, because they save money or they wouldn't save money in that situation. That means younger, uh, younger players or younger age uh, free agency, uh, younger age arbitration. That means that it's more money coming out of the owner's pockets. Now, you could say, Ben, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the owners are billionaires. They can afford it. They can. But we all know we try to save money where we don't have to spend it, right? So, I mean, the owners, I can't totally blame them, but they do look like the bad guys here where they have billions of dollars. They're generating all this money, and they're trying to kind of nickel and dime players. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, Rob Manfred said in his press conference on December 2nd on Thursday, he says that one less year of rookie deals going from five or six years to five, that would be bad for teams, especially small market teams, because they already have a hard time uh, keeping those star, uh, star young players because when they're stars, they don't like, like take Francisco Lindor for a minute. You know, he had that deal with the Indians, now the Guardians. And they they could afford him any a team can afford any player. Let's make that clear. But then those small market teams, they can't really if they're going to afford that star player, they can't they don't have the money like the Yankees do or the Dodgers do. Or now, I guess the Padres like they're they're showing it. Um, They don't have that as much money and resources to spend that type of money on other areas of the roster so that the roster isn't as complete because they have one big guy taking up that salary. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. They signed Longoria to that big deal years ago, but then Longoria kind of had a decline in performance. Plus they weren't really spending in great uh, money figures, the rest of the roster. So they kind of, they're winning the, their record kind of dipped uh, per se. So they ended up trading him so that they could claim, gain more flexibility. Now they brought Wander Franco here with that big extension to Tampa. And that might probably end up the same thing where they trade Franco because the Rays are someone analytic wise where they want your best performance. And if they see a decline in performance, like they saw in Blake Snow, they're not scared to trade you. So, uh, but back to the league, um, you know, they want, they don't want, to obviously pay players uh, on, you know, cheaper deals. They don't want, or excuse me, uh, they don't want to pay players more money because they're hitting agency at a younger age or they're hitting arbitration at a younger age so that they, so they have to pay the Fernando Tatis juniors before you sign the extension uh, more money than they would have if the arbitration is after the third year instead of the second year. That's the league's, um, kind of issue with all that and that's their opinion their viewpoint and then the players obviously like i mentioned they want to get paid earlier it's all about the money the money the money um now i don't think let's hear first before kind of the timetable for this lockout let's go over the statements that the uh league and the players made uh, here is the players Statement. This was released on Thursday after the lockout. Uh, the Players Association, led by t- Tony Clark. Um, here we go. Major League Baseball has announced a lockout of players, shutting down our industry. This shutdown is a dramatic measure, regardless of the timing. It is not required by law or for any other reason. It was the owners' choice 
plain and simple, specifically calculated to pressure players into relinquishing rights and benefits in abandoning good faith bargaining proposals that will benefit not just the players, but the game and industry as a whole. These tactics are not new. We have been here before and players have risen to the occasion time and again, guided by a solidarity that has been forged over generations. We will do so again here. We remain determined to feel to return to the field under the terms of a negotiated collective bargaining agreement that is fair to all parties and provides fans with the best version of the game we love. So in short, the players are you know, starting a pissing match with the owners, sort of like how they did uh, in 2020 when they were kind of uh, delaying and trying to keep their ego into effect against the league trying to decide if they should get their full salary or if they should get their prorated salary. Um, And they ended up taking way too long for those discussions. And that's why the season was shortened. And there's that. So they're still, you know, they're saying this shutdown is a dramatic measure. Uh, It's not required by law. It was the owner's choice, not ours. You know, blame them. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault which isn't surprising. They want to look good in public, have good PR. Uh, They want people to be on their side. Now let's, if we move to the national, uh, excuse me, major league baseball in their statement, um, it's a little bit different. Here's Rob Manfred. It's a lot longer. Um, This was released, obviously. This was released on uh, Thursday and Again, here, same kind of effect from Major League Baseball, you know, to the public, to the fans. They want to look good. They want uh, they want fans to be on their side. I'm personally not. I don't like taking sides on things like that. But here we go. Here's Robert Manfred's uh, commissioner of baseball, his statement to the fans, uh, which was released Thursday to our fans. I first want to thank you for your continued support of the great game of baseball. This past season, we were reminded of how the national pastime can bring us together and restore our hope despite the difficult challenges of a global pandemic. As we began to emerge from one of the darkest periods in our history, our ballparks were filled with fans. The games were filled with excitement and millions of families felt the joy of watching baseball together. That is why I'm just so disappointed about the situation in which our game finds itself today. Despite the league's best efforts to make a deal with the Players Association, we were unable to extend our 26-year-long history of labor peace and come to an agreement with the Major League Baseball Players Association before the current CBA expired. Therefore, we have been forced to commence a lockout of Major League players effective at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time on December 2nd, which was yesterday. I want to explain to you how we got here and how we have to take this action today. Simply put, we believe that an offseason at lockout is the best mechanism to protect the 2022 season. We hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations and get us to an agreement that will allow the season to start on time. This defensive lockout was necessary because the Players Association's vision for Major League Baseball would threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive. It's simply not a viable option. From the beginning, the MLB Players Association has been unwilling to move from their starting position compromise or collaborate on solutions. When we begin negotiations over a new agreement, the Players Association already had a contract that they wouldn't trade for any other in sports. 
Baseball's players have no salary cap and are not subjected to a maximum length or dollar amount on their contracts. In fact, in fact, only Major League Baseball has guaranteed contracts that run 10 or more years and in excess of $300 million. We have not proposed anything that would change these fundamentals. While we have heard repeatedly that free agency is broken, in the month of November, $1.7 billion was committed to free agents smashing the prior record by nearly four times. By the end of the offseason, clubs will have committed more money to players than in any offseason in Major League Baseball history. We worked hard to find a compromise while making the system even better for players by addressing concerns raised by the Players Association. We offered to establish a minimum payroll for all clubs to meet for the first time in baseball history to allow the majority of players to reach free agency earlier through an age-based system that would eliminate any claims of service time manipulation and to increase compensation for all young players, including increases in the minimum salary. When negotiations lacked momentum, we tried to create some by offering to accept the universal DH to create a new draft system by using a lottery similar to other leagues and to increase the competitive balance tax threshold that affects only a small number of teams. We've had challenges before with respect to making labor agreements and have had and have overcome those challenges every single time during my tenure. Regrettably, it appears the Players Association came to the bargaining table with a strategy of confrontation over compromise. They never wavered from collectively the most extreme set of proposals in their history, including significant cuts to the revenue sharing system, a weakening of the competitive balance tax, and shortening the period of time that players play for their teams. All of these changes would make our game less competitive, not more. To be clear, this hard but important step does not necessarily mean games will be canceled. In fact, we're taking this step now because it accelerates the urgency for an agreement with as much runway as possible to avoid doing damage to the 2022 season. Delaying this process would only put spring training, opening day, and the rest of the season further at risk, and we cannot allow an an expired agreement to again cause an in-season strike and a missed World Series like we experienced in 1994. We all allow you, our fans, better than that. Today is a difficult day for baseball, but as I've said all year, there's a path to a fair agreement, and we will find it. I do not doubt the league and the players share a fundamental appreciation for this game and a commitment to its fans. I remain optimistic that both sides will seize the opportunity to work together to grow, protect, and strengthen the game we love. Major League Baseball is ready to work around the clock to meet that goal. I urge the Players Association to join us at the table. Signed, Robert Manfred Jr., Commissioner of Major League Baseball. Wow. Um, thank you for sticking with me through that whole statement. That was a very long statement. Um, and again, it was a pissing match at the Players Association. The Players Association took shots at the league, and the league is taking shots at the players. No surprise there. They're acting like little kids. Um, now, the, this league statement, obviously, and I'm scrolling through it right now, you know, on the YouTube side of things. It's very long, as, as you just heard me uh, read. And but with that said, it's obviously more detailed than the Players Association statement, uh, which was one, two, three, four paragraphs. Major League Baseball's was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight paragraphs. So it was double um, the length, to be quite honest, it looked like Robert Manfred uh, took more time writing the statement than he did actually talking with the Players Association. 
to try to come to a resolution. It looked like he was writing this uh, during their meetings. Um, it took actually it took more time. I mean, they had a seven minute meeting on Wednesday, I believe. So it took way more time for him to write this dang statement than it did for him to actually be talking with the Players Association on Wednesday. So that's pretty much embarrassing. But uh, here's, I mean, the league, definitely their statement looks better uh, because there's, you know, more evidence and what their, their reasoning for things and what the Players Association wants. Uh, but they're still taking shots at the league. And, you know, Rob Manfred says that they hope that the Players Association can, you know, come to the bargaining table and they're willing to discuss at any time of day. That's pretty much BS. Please don't buy into that. Uh, because if you're willing to come and discuss at any point in time, you would have, I think that you would have had more progress towards a deal instead of writing this long, long statement bashing the Players Association uh, that took a long time to write instead of, you know, actually talking with Tony Clark and all them. Um, the the points that he makes about the month of November being smashing the record of the most money spent in free agency ever at 1.7 billion. That means absolutely nothing to me and should mean nothing to you because of the circumstances. I mean, you haven't really seen an off season in history where there was a looming lockout in on December 2nd that forced these teams to spend these contracts, spend all this money to, you know, make their fans happy and prove that they're going in the right direction and trying to win and trying to add impact pieces to their roster. If there was no lockout, Rob Manford would not have been able to say this statement that they spent $1.7 billion in free agency this month because there would have been no urgency. The league, the lead, the owners, I guarantee you this, the owners would not have been as willing in a regular offseason to spend $325 million to Corey Seager over 10 years, like the Rangers were. You know, they wouldn't have uh, been will that willing, in my opinion, to give, I mean, maybe Steve Cohen, but to smash Garrett Cole's AAV record and give him $43.3 million a year. Now, I think Max Scherzer is a better pitcher than Garrett Cole, even at their ages. Max Scherzer is uh, older. But again, that's a different, total different discussion. But the reason that he can he can pump their chest out, their league, and say that they spent the most money ever in a month in free agency, it's because of them. It's because they are they knew that the players knew that the league and the owners were going to put in a lockout date. And so that uh, added urgency to players wanting security and wanting to know that they had a deal in place and where that they were going to be over the holidays so they could start shopping for an apartment and stuff. There was urgency there. So it wasn't, it wasn't, this isn't a pump their chest out moment. You know, it happened for a reason. Um, and saying that, you know, offered to establish a minimum payroll for all clubs. I, I get that. That's good. Right. To allow kind of, you know, stop this Orioles, you know, 40 win seasons and stuff like that. Um, I, I agree with that. Uh, but, and then, but then trying to use this tactic saying when negotiations lack momentum, like with the players association, trying to implement the universal DH, it's like, come on, really? You know, that both sides want it, you know, it's good for the league. 
because there's more entertainment. No one wants to go see pitchers stand up there and just watch three strikes and walk their butt back to the dugout. No one wants to see that. And, and then the players, you know, obviously that creates 15 more jobs for, you know, hitters. So that's good for them. Everyone wants it. So stop trying to use this negotiating thing saying that, oh, when things lack momentum, you know, there we tried offering a universal DH. It's like, you were going to accept it in the first place. So the players don't care about you trying to say that, you know, that, that means nothing. And then uh, creating a new draft system that using a lottery that's okay. I understand that. Um, but to be quite honest, I think that, you know, the lottery, while that seat, you know, that's nice and all that. Okay. There's still going to be teams that stink every year. You're not, that's not going to totally get rebuilding out of the, out of major league baseball. It's just not because teams know that they're not going to win the world series that year. So why make, put all those resources together when, and spend money when you're not going to win. So I don't think that's totally going to uh, stop, you know, the tanking because while that doesn't guarantee a worst, the worst record in league, under this format wouldn't guarantee that they get the number one pick uh, based on like the NBA and how they do that. And the NHL, they, the number one, uh, the worst team in the league gets the most ping pong balls in the thing in the machine before it gets, you know, randomly uh, spun and one is taken out, uh, you know, after the other to determine draft order. So there's still a good chance that they're going to get a high pick. So I don't think that's totally going to, stop tanking but again you know this statement it's definitely takes a lot of shots at the league or at the players association and they try to you know they're trying to make themselves both sides are trying to make themselves seem like they want to come to an agreement and they're trying to be buddy buddy with the other side there's no way that's happening you know Jeff Passan of ESPN and other reporters have said that this is the worst the two sides have acted, you know, the worst relationship between the two sides that they've ever seen. Uh, it's all about money. It's all about egos. Uh, they want to, one side wants to stick it to the other and the, and the other start side wants to stick it to the other. So I, I in turn, now that we can move, I guess, to kind of the timetable um, of, you know, the, when this lockout might stop, I think that, you know, sadly, 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 uh, it's it's going to be a while. You know, this whole, if you can kind of get a sense of it from those two statements, I mean, they're not close to an agreement at all, you know. So for us to uh, think that an agreement's going to come when they're releasing these long statements and, you know, bashing the other side it's just not going to happen the players and one reason why i don't expect much to be resolved till like february 1st i guess that's when you can really start paying attention and there's going to be urgency for the players there might be urgency for the league and the owners because they want to have a better full off season so their general managers can make moves and they want to be able to sell season ticket packages right like the new york yankees for example they haven't made any moves 
You know, they're in it. They're in. They're in the market for shortstops. They're in the market for center fielders. They're in the market for first basemen, perhaps. But they haven't made any moves. So through this whole lockout, fans. I mean, some are diehard fans, but most fans they're not going to go buy season ticket packages because what are they buying them for? They don't know who's going to be on the roster. So the league and the owners they want this to be resolved so that they can start selling stuff and they can start acquiring players and build excitement around the fan base so that more people will buy tickets, more interest will happen, all that happens. The players, on the other hand, that's why I don't, this is why I don't think that you're going to see an agreement anytime soon is the players have no deadline. You know, some players, they might, you know, want to, they might tell their team representative that they want this, you know, resolved quickly. And, but they don't have a deadline. This is the off season. They're still going to do their workouts. They're not going to go to spring training out of shape. You know, they're not, there's no deadline for them. This is the off season. They're not playing games right now. You know, it only becomes a problem for them when their payment, when paying, when their payments might become an issue, when they might not make as much money as they would have, then that that's when they might have some urgency. But right now, it's December 3rd as of this recording. I mean, you're not going to expect anything to be done through the holidays. There's no urgency because while players don't know where they're going to be, that's not, that's still, they're still not getting paid by their clubs. You know, they get paid during the season. So there was no urgency until games start getting missed. Then our spring training gets pushed back or pushed back. That's when the urgency might happen. So February 1st, I think that might be when kind of urgency might set in because, you know, spring training would start in a couple weeks, pitchers and catchers reporting. So players are going to really want to know where they're going to be so they can make plans and all that. Uh, But there's not going to be much urgency. I don't, I expect, I expect months and months to happen before any agreement takes place. And that's sad. Uh, it's probably going to be a quiet off season, but I and Jacob and uh, we'll definitely try to keep you entertained. We'll have some content coming. Uh, we're trying to get some guests. So stay tuned to this podcast. This has been episode 78 of the Talking Fires podcast. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we'll be back with you next week. Until next time, let's go Padres. Or I guess we can't really even say that because uh, the league and the players aren't in agreement. Let's just go league and players, and hopefully an agreement comes quicker than I expect. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and uh, have a good night.